Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing guests, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started that kind of incorporates into self-care. And this week, I really want to talk about the importance of doing what feels the most aligned to you in your business, in your marketing, personally, professionally, and this totally ties into my awesome guest I'm going to bring in in a little bit. But if you aren't doing things that are really connected to your value, that is where you're going to soar the most. And I think as somebody who has definitely suffered in my life from people pleasing and really growing my business to where it was, I mean, I give everybody credit. I think that is a lifelong thing that a skill that everybody needs to work on. But the more you become super clear and boundaried in your values, the more you attract what you want to really achieve your next level goals. And my amazing guest is going to talk so much more about how you can work through these things and how to really achieve that. But I'm feeling really strongly and compelled to share the importance of like, this is the season to do things that feel aligned to you. And if it doesn't feel aligned to you, do not feel guilty about it. Like there's plenty of business to go around for everyone. There is your, if they're your real friends, they're not going to be upset about it. They're going to respect your boundaries, um, including your family members. So like really do what feels aligned to you. That is my advice for this week. I hope it inspired you. I can't wait to hear how it works for you. So my amazing guest today is Megan Marini. She's a healer, guide, and speaker. She helps high achievers whose past traumas manifest patterns of self-criticism, overachievement, and need for control. Um, I absolutely love Megan. Her and I do work together. I've done sessions with her, and um, she is so transformative, so inspiring, really, really helps make significant shifts in your life, not just like one-offs. Um, and it's a long game, just like everything in life is about consistency showing up. Um, that is what healing is and doing the work, you know? So I can't wait for you to learn from this amazing woman. She's doing such incredible stuff. So stay tuned for the amazing Megan Marini. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Coming next on scene, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with the amazing Megan Marini. She is one amazing healer, guide, and speaker, has helped me so much in my life, and I'm so excited to share her with you. Meg, it's so nice to have you today. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jackie, for having me. It's such an honor to be your friend and be an advocate of your work. Same. I'm, I have so much love for you. So I'm so excited for people to learn all about the amazing work you're doing around trauma, energy work, coming from a marketing executive background. Talk to us first about like how you got into this world of energy healing and energy work. Yeah. yeah. So I have always had um, a big part of my life has always been energy work and non-traditional or alternative holistic healing modalities since I was little. My mom was really big into it. So I was gung ho <laughs> since I was a little girl. I would go with all these to all these conferences. My mom sat on the board of the National Homeopathic Association, and so I was meditating regularly when I was seven. I remember doing my first hands-on healing with my mom when I was five. 
that's always been who I am. Yeah. So I was doing more corporate leadership work in 2015, right? I was doing a lot of training and public speaking. I was working with um, a behavioral science app for organizational development and organizational psychology. I was doing some really cool stuff, some DNI stuff, advocating um, for diversity and inclusion. And when the pandemic hit in um, 2020, I really had to pivot. People started coming to me with much more personal, deeper issues than just leadership and communication. And I, I really paused and realized that I had to make a decision at that point. And plus, obviously, a lot of the corporate work dried up like this. I mean, it was sort of that stark moment of like, oh, the abyss of like, whoa, now what? Mm-hmm. And everyone obviously experienced that. But I, yeah, I just knew right away some of the modalities that I I just knew what it was like. Yep, I know exactly what trainings I'm going for. And I just literally took my leader, my six month leadership program that I already had developed for executives and entrepreneurs. And I added in this whole other piece where we do things like hypnosis and energy work, much more therapeutic ways to create change. So rather than I often talk about it as like sometimes leadership and communication work, we're putting a bow tie on, you know, we're sort of, it's, it's sort of the tail end of the, the outfit. And this work is like the shower, right? So it's like, let's really clean the canvas as leaders so that we mentally have clarity to make decisions, right? So that our inner landscape is a place of ease most of the time, right? And and I know that we have like, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's kids, there's work issues, right? All of the stress that adds up. And we need a system that is very individual to somebody's worldview. So that's really where I started. Like, how do you put together your thinking? What are your coping mechanisms that you've designed? They're very sophisticated and we should respect them really. And then how do we, how do we turn that into a motivator for that moment where we, I'll I'll say, abandon ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? That one moment, whether it's, you know, reaching for that extra cookie or attacking someone at work, taking what someone said personally, right? These are the coping mechanisms that hold us back from us living our potential. And by potential, I simply mean that beautiful inner landscape where mm-hmm. stuff's still going to happen. You're still going to have your, your story of where you've been, but you're not moving from the past. You're not reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. You're sort of like, okay, I used to attack that person. And now I'm just going to sit here and listen to them and let them finish. Mm -hmm. So you're able to shift your perspective. So I do still think it's, quite frankly, leadership work. For sure. But I'm using healing modalities that are much more effective than the, the, the front of the brain, right? The prefrontal cortex or secondary consciousness, which is why therapy is wonderful. And it's great adjacent to my work. But it's not the whole soup in caboodle. It's just not. It doesn't actually move the deeper pieces. Cognitive behavioral therapy can be wildly helpful. Having someone just to flush out and talk through what you've been through is so important. But after eight years of talking about something and nothing in your life's changed, 
right? It's like, so yeah, I'm more results driven. My six month program, um, yeah, some of the comparisons would be 25 years in therapy. They come to me and in three months, they've changed the thing they've been trying to change. 15 years therapy, 11 years therapy, six years therapy, five years therapy, all wonderful therapists. Nothing wrong with what they do, but coaching is a result oriented and I get in the ring. And I'll stop there because I feel like I'm going on and on. No, you're so good. But I also feel like you're so, like, you're a shaman. Like, talk more about that too. Like, all your certification, like, to what you, like, your expertise of what you do. Like, can you talk more about that? Because that's so amazing. Um, No, it's all secret and I can't tell you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so my, my first certification was in mind body medicine, which is body talk. And that is a really powerful way to align the brain and the heart frequency, which are both super powerful and um, have been researched and studied in our legitimate change makers for our health and our performance. Um, so I, I have this program that helps, you know, you just tap, it's tapping, but it's different than um, EFT, emotional freedom technique. It's very different than, than that, but based on some similar um, science of the body. And that's a really nice way to bring the body back into alignment, right? Then the shamanic work that we do is sort of like astral travel and hypnosis mixed in. Some of the work is connecting to your higher self. So opening up sort of the higher channels so that you can access your inner voice and build support for yourself. So we're never alone. And we hear that often in sort of a spiritual place. But what it means is that, yeah, we do have protection. We do have our higher self that is um, our highest truth and our highest knowing. And if we're sort of lost in mental clutter, we can call it, we can't access that information. So I help you create um, a deeper connection with that. Some of the cool things we do is like, we'll go forward into, this is astral travel. We go forward and project just like visualization, no more than imaginative work. And we're it's used in the Olympics, right? You run through that jump 300 times in your mind. Your muscles, all of your hormones, they act as if it's happening, right? So this is how quantum quantum mechanics and everything work. So um, in remote healing, things like this, how it works. So you, you jump forward into a difficult conversation of help people negotiate pay raises, negotiate difficult conversations around um, ownership, of a company, partnerships, issues with relationships, things like this. Um, and also just pitching an idea, getting a job, things like this, right? So we go forward and we have a conversation with our highest self, well, the client's highest self, and the person of importance's highest self. And I can't tell you how powerful it is. I mean, it's just like, yep, 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 I got the job, I got the raise. Relationship's good. It's so inspiring. It's so cool. Eight years in therapy, I've been trying to work on this, and um, we just did it in one session. Okay, great. I can't guarantee it's always like that, because sometimes there's a karmic reason things are happening, and there's more learning that we must do before we can get there, right? So Mm -hmm. that's the shamanic stuff. What else do I do? So I do somatic trauma work. How I do this, because I don't want to overwhelm. It's like, I kind of keep the tools a little under wrap, because yeah, it's, it's a lot. I like to kind of take that weight of thinking about so the client doesn't have to worry about what's going to happen. I like it to be white gloves. So it's almost like they're at a spa 
as much as I can do that, right? I, it's not perfect and flawless, but I aim for flawless, right? Where it's like they come in and they don't really have to worry about much except the homework, the healing homework, the self-discovery homework. And then as far as the modalities, I make a custom treatment plan based on their needs. So some clients will go through somatic trauma work, which is also very amazing, cutting edge. Everybody is talking about somatics right now. And rightfully so. It couples well with therapy. That's I love it. Can you define more of what it means? So what does like somatic therapy mean? Yeah. So somatics, somatic work simply means the word somatic means of the body. So where we would think of psychotherapy, interactional therapy, it's very mental. You're talking, right? This is, I think of it, and I talk about it like the language of the body. You are nervous about an upcoming talk that you're giving, and you instantly get a stomach ache, right? You get a lodge in your throat, right, before you give a talk. So there is a response that the body has to things that have traumatized you in the past. And there are messages there that often go ignored where, you know, I often talk about it like um, when we pack it down, we push it in. I'll deal with that later. We compartmentalize things that are challenging and that we don't understand how to unravel. So trauma work integrates that storyline and it allows the body to tell the story and to release it. And what's really beautiful about that process that is a very natural physical process that we sort of curtail because we're behaving and we're going to be okay and I've got this, right? I'm not going to cry or, all right, I cried for five minutes, let's go. I got to get the kids ready for school. We don't have space and understanding of what that process looks like. So in that curtailing of that natural release that we might do if we were say animals, we are animals, but if we were, you know, not domestic, like a, you know, um, a gazelle in the wild, this is where this work really is often um, an example is being hunted. The gazelle gets caught and what their nervous system goes through is exactly what our nervous system goes through. Say when we get in a car accident, a loved one dies, something unexpected happens and what would be called or considered a traumatic event ongoing complex trauma where it's in the home and it happens again and again and again that stuff all gets packed in and both of those examples event memory and complex trauma both cause the system to rupture the authentic self our truth when we're a little kid or a little girl and just pure and proud and brave and believe and everything's good and we don't we don't have to fear right? If the trauma was younger, then you might already have. But say before a trauma happens, right? If we can recall that moment of like, I just remember not having to worry about things. And then the trauma happens. And what happens is we create almost like a, there's a fissure in the system. And I don't know if I'm saying even pronouncing that word, right? But there's a fracture. And at that fracture point, we create a pattern to protect ourselves. Right. That's when the mechanism of I'm going to, I'm never going to reach to hug someone and get denied again. This is, I don't even know if that would warrant a trauma, but right. As an example, where in that moment when you didn't, you got denied, you, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or 
you get an A minus and then your mother is like treats you absolutely horrible that you didn't get an A plus or something, right? And you are like, I'm gonna work so hard forever for the rest of my life. I will always get an A plus to the point where the system's exhausted, the person's reaching burnout, and their relationship is suffering, their relationship with their kids is now suffering because they're in this pattern of we must all be at a hundred percent. So you see how it takes a toll. So the moment of that rupture creates almost you create like an agreement in your world where you will never let that happen to yourself. So it's very intelligent. There's a level of survival Mm -hmm. there. Can you talk about too, like if you don't release this, because there are so many people that just continue to hold on to it, hold on to it. Like talk about the importance of like releasing it. Because if you don't release it, like it could lead to illness. It could lead to things down the line that will make you depressed or like, not that we're doctors, but like, can you just give general like feedback? Yeah, for I, I cannot diagnose or predict anything, right? But we know through clinical research, like a really great study that's, um, you can, it's easy to, to look up is the ACE study, Adverse Childhood Experiences. This study shows that even complex trauma has an impact on one's future. And that's um, pretty much across the board. So you'll see ability to earn goes down by about 30%. Physical well-being, there's more likelihood of some of the chronic illnesses, um, heart disease, cancer, things like this, about 30% increase in likelihood that you will develop them. I see a lot of immune system responses. Um, the system. The immune system is uh, related to the emotions. So when you're in a dysregulated state, a lot of the time, your system, it has to cope in some way, right? So we develop a disease. Mm-hmm. And this is both the framework from my studies in Eastern non-traditional or, you know, um, alternative medicine and the trauma work, which is heavily founded in, in more Western medicine so or mental health yeah so I don't know if that helps but no I, I just think like I keep coming across so many people that are like I, something feels off like I'm just not feeling myself you know like there's something more outside of talking that people need and that's why I feel like it's so I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like it's so important that like energy can move like you can help move it and I think it's important to like bring attention to that yeah, you can definitely move it. It's not that we want to scare people that, you know, it's really what you want to do is figure out what motivates you. For sure. Are you motivated by fear or are you motivated by reward? Are you motivated by a positive outcome in your life? Then use that motivation to find the tools that you need. If you're motivated by fear, that's okay. Use that fear and know that, yes, the research is there. And, um, you know, I, I maybe I'm a little bit idealistic in this, but I think that the truth of it is, is that we get one life, right? We might, whether or not you believe in past lives, that's, that's, um, you know, for each person to decide on their own, of course, but, you know, this is, this is it. This is, the stage is here and now, and you don't want to waste those moments with your kids, with your husband, with yourself, right? We want to find that inner peace. So, um, I think of it too as like just the minutes, the years that go by, the decades that go by. Like I myself am a trauma survivor who, uh, in complex trauma, who spent 10 years of my life 
yeah, I'm having a really hard time in trying so many modalities and nothing moved my system the way that the trauma, the somatic trauma work did. So that to me is such a gift to do that work. And um, and then the other pieces alongside really help to support the system and bring us back into alignment because we're meant to heal. We're not meant not process and just pretend everything's okay and just keep going <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's very american i think to just be like i've got it i've got it it's like until you don't you know i would never god bless i never you know wish that any that it collapses but i think at, at some point we do implode or our relationship we talk too about the complex trauma because i'm fascinated by that too so like do you start with one trauma that people have and then something builds from the past one and you work on the next one? Is that kind of like how that works? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, well, within the, the treatment plan, it depends. It's going to be based on what the person's symptoms are. So if they come in and they know that, say one example, um, you'll never know who, who, who this person is. There was um, a death in the family. And since they've been reliving this in their mind, right? So it's an event trauma. And on in that regard, we know what it is. You'll have someone else that has almost the structure of complex trauma, but doesn't know for sure what happened. Don't, they don't really know why. Every, everything seemed pretty good at home. There was perhaps like a, um, an underlying sort of impetus to perform. We want you to do good. Everybody in our family does good. You're supposed to be at this level in your career. We expect you to be married, but you know, have kids and all the things mm-hmm. by this, whatever it is, like the subtle stuff that we all understand our family wants from us, right? So they're like, I don't think I have trauma. My family was great. I never wanted or needed for anything. You know, they paid for my college and they're in my life and they're great. But I have these issues. And so that's one case where it's it's sort of like they don't come in being like, I had this terrible trauma. Mm-hmm. Then as we unravel, that it's almost like the case of having to have an A plus. Mm-hmm. Very much complex trauma where how we look at it is simply that the client wasn't emotionally met in their environment. Mm-hmm. There wasn't emotional safety. You have to be better to be loved. You cannot come as you are. And as a four-year-old young girl, that can mess you up. Mm-hmm. And it does mess you up. And that's okay because there's a system to get through it, right? I love that because I think when you're so young, like you don't you don't even understand it. So you just assume like that's how life is supposed to be. So you just can continue to live with it and assume so we, that it's normal, right? It's great. You're right. We assume we've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Our survival mechanism. It cannot be that our parent did something wrong. This is hardwired. Because if that's the case, if we're out in the wild again, which is where all of this stuff is hardwired, we built in us, is that if the person that's providing our lifeline, our food, shelter, is somehow not giving us what we need, we can't make them the enemy because that would then jeopardize our safety. So we internalize why the dynamic is happening and we don't have the tools yet to understand. We're too young. So it happens um, pre-lingual. It's, is that the word? Like it's, it's not thought of. It's, it's sort of like something happens and that's that fracture. And it's as simply as, as can be as simple as like a emotional disruption. One parent is an alcoholic. You don't know how dad's going to behave 
one day versus the the other. Is he going to tickle and laugh and giggle, or is he going to be abusive mentally or physically? Mm-hmm. Well, not knowing, again, as a four-year-old little girl, she doesn't have any defenses. And we hear that, you know, we often hear that we're very um, resourceful and resilient, but we're not actually resilient as kids, not, not really. Actually, we absorb everything as truth. I love it. So can you talk too about the importance of doing more than one session with you? Because a lot of you do the six months, like talk about that too, because I think that's super important. Um, I don't do a lot of one-off sessions because I just feel it's it's just so truncated. I mean, trauma work is not done in one session. Like it's just not. So some of the work will be, I have a package where I'll do 10 to 13 sessions of just trauma work. That's all they want. And then the other package is six months. We meet twice a month for two hours, each meeting in person. And then um, during the trauma work, it's weekly for those 10 to 13 weeks, depending on how much they need. And sometimes they need more. I have clients that re-sign up because they're like, whoa, there's more. And this is really beautiful work. It's sort of like working out because your body is like releasing this stuff Mm -hmm. and um, it feels good. But yeah, so I do like to have people enroll in the program for sure. That's, I mean, you can get Reiki energy work or a massage anywhere, booking it one time. That's not at all how I work. I go very deep into their worldview, like I mentioned in the beginning, and really um, drive a result. It's very different. And then I have my sort of philosophy and psychology system that helps in between sessions. It's sort of the homework, right? It's the deep dive into yourself. Why did I create this structure? How can I um, understand myself even more? What is the vision for what I want? Like all of the journaling work that happens um, that couples really well with the program. So at the end, at the end of the six months, you feel as though you've become more yourself. <laughs> That's what everyone's like. I don't know what happened, but I feel better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's really nice. I, I go for like a big transformation. I don't really want to just scratch on the surface. Right, right. And you could if you wanted to, but you, that's your goal. Like you want to go for the big game. It's not like I'll never do it, but I just feel like that's so easy to get. And there's sure. no, I have my, you know, all my years of business acumen and my entrepreneurial experience. So a lot of people come to me with a, they want to learn business from me, but they want to remove the bad habits or the self-limiting beliefs, the self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Also spend half of the, of the session structuring business and talking about opportunity or dealing with different issues and um, connecting with their highest self to do that, those like business design pieces. That doesn't happen in one session. <laughs> like, right. like, like In one session, that's what we do in one session. But you could never get into a conversation like that because you it would take... <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I think that that's sort of a no brainer. People, people understand if you want. I mean, once you start doing it, too, you're like, how can I live without this? Like, I need more of it. Right. Okay. Now what? Yeah. yeah. So, I seriously, like, though, we signed and um, I'm building all of these really cool programs now online so people can have a different experience where they don't have to come to Cambridge or hang on. They can just, you know, engage with the work in different ways now. So, that's going to be nice. Too. And I think I'll always have my one-on-one work. I'll always keep a space in my calendar for that because I just, you know, I had a new client start this week 
and another client is finishing. I worked with yesterday and it's just like, oh my God, it's just such a gift. See, the transformation is just so awesome, right? Because you see, like you said, you're seeing somebody start off and then somebody completing are like totally, totally different people right now, right? Like, and they're both, and they're both ha- like, this is, you know, the first opportunity they've had to cry. You know? and it's like, we need these spaces of safety and non-judgment. And For I sure. sometimes, you know, the Western way of diagnostics, pathology-based, it's, um, you know, you have an illness, something's wrong, right? Versus coming at it from truly a holistic perspective that at at your truth, you are absolutely perfect. And you've developed these issues so that you could survive. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've lived, like, I don't want to, I've lived, like, and I'm, you know, I've really lived. I haven't just been doing therapy in a little small room for 40 years, right? I've been in the game. So I get to not be judgmental. I get to not just frame you by some diagnosis. Right. Prognosis, which I I don't have any, I I get excited when someone does have a diagnosis because then we can talk about um, helping them. But that's not my role. I'm not there for that. I'm there as almost like a guide into your truest self with the techniques. I love it. So what's a goal you have for yourself? in the next like year, six months, like where do you see yourself? Um, more time off, more fun. I love it. I kind of already do take a lot of time off. I have to. Which is good though. But I want more. And I would like a little more fun. I think that I definitely had my life dialed before 2015 of like a lot of fun, a lot of engagement. Whereas now like, yeah, this, this business is a very different it requires something very different of me. And I have had to really change and become almost a different person to hold this type of space. For so sure. my life has really changed. And, you know, I just was thinking this morning, like how beautiful it is to almost have now. And this is what I said to one of my clients this week too. I was like, like now let's look at, look forward. Like how do I want to design this next decade? You know, it's it's really cool. So I'm thinking about taking a woodworking course. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. I love that. Why not? Cool. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. Like hands-on, like something kind of sustainable. And yeah. I love it. So cool. Okay. So also one last question I want to ask you. What inspired the name of your business? I'm a human. Yeah, I'm good. So it came to me. I was putting together this diversity and inclusion talk that it's a long story, but we were we were basically pitching this talk to him in China. And um, my friend's name is, they both started with A, A and A, and then M.M., Maggie Marini. So I was kind of playing with what would be the name of this talk. And I just was like, oh, Ama. And then I know Ama is a goddess in, um, or I don't know if she's a goddess, but um, she is a Hindu. She is. It's okay. I think it's cool. <laughs> She's like a real living person, right? So Amachi, she um, is the hugging guru. So she goes around the world and hugs people. So I've been hugged by her. Her face is actually indented because she's hugged so many people. So she's like a real cool, awesome, you know, loving love generator out there in the world. But Ama means mother goddess in Hindu. And I have um, been a pretty devout Hindu for, I don't know, maybe it was like 15 years of my life. I lived in an ashram. I was a full-time yoga teacher. Like that was a huge part of my life when I was 20. I left corporate 
<laughs> at 20 they're like be a yoga teacher really like, what are you doing? awesome yeah yeah so I've had a very sort of business and spirituality the whole time I love it yeah so I really resonated with the word ama and then as a double entendre I'm a human so human dropped in from my guides and higher self I was just out for a walk in the woods and it, cause I was like, my business name is just my name. And I was like, I need something cool. And they were like, it's going to have human in it. And I was like, okay, noted. And the, the beginning of the name didn't come for about three months after that. And when I saw Ama, I was like, Oh, I love how that feels. It's like mama. And I didn't get to have kids. And I feel as though I've always been a mother. I feel like I've always, since I was a little girl, like when I'm a mom, this is what I'm going to do. I'm always like, I, I'm into human development and, you know, developmental stages and personalities and behavioral science. Like, I love it. So I just felt like, oh, my God, I'm mother. I'm, I get to be a mother in my sessions. I, get I love it. An unconditional space holder that's just here to purely support and serve. So I'm a human is a double encounter, right? It sounds like I'm a human, right? And then just. I'm a human. So I'm a human to me means, and I know this is like the longest explanation. It's okay. It's great. I'm inspired. So I'm a human to me is the fact that I, you know, struggled with addiction, food issues, uh, all sorts of, you know, self-deprecating thoughts, anxiety, depression, PTSD, like all the things, like traumatic brain injury. I just feel as though, God, I've gotten through a lot. Mm -hmm. I've gotten through a lot. Yeah, which I think positions me really well, again, to like hold that space. Like, yeah, bring it. I love it. Okay, I want to close out with one piece of advice because you're filled with so many nuggets. So like if somebody's newer to this world, but know they need more, like what's something they can try on their own? Like meditation, for example. Like, can you give an example of something that somebody could try that's listening, that's inspired? Um, I think to um, learn to tune in inside right so what we often are skilled at is tuning outside what's going on what does this person Mm -hmm. think what do I do next what's my phone saying all the noise we need to develop now our skill in how do I feel about that and then you instantly can say well I need a boundary right now because that's not what I want right how do I feel about what I should do right when I get home? Should I take my shoes off and go sit outside for a minute? Or am I supposed to jump into laundry and give, 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 give for an hour and a half and then feel bitchy all night because I've abandoned myself. So nobody else's job but our own, right? So that inner knowing of like, hold on, make this thing to me. And we do this in other places, right? We might say, no, I'm going to pour a glass of wine. All right, great. That's your medicine, Right. So knowing, though, that you're tuning in, because that glass of wine can easily turn into a crotch of like three glasses of wine every night after work. That's not always a healthy thing. You'll know if you say, well, if I love myself, maybe I'll just go sit outside and take 10 minutes, right? So, but you'll the answer is inside. Mm-hmm. So it's about um, developing that relationship. I love that. So like even just coming home every day and really like, before you go in the door, like after a long day, like to go upstairs, like really like sit with yourself for like a, a minute or two, right? And like really ask yourself, like, don't want to take my shoes off and go outside for a minute. That's like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the same too 
in relationship, if it's like an opportunity or a phone call, should I make that phone call right now? Even like if the phone's ringing and I'm like in the and I'm in the middle of something, I tune in. Is this the right moment to answer that person's call? I love that person. I'll text them right back. Hey, in the middle of something, I couldn't take your call, like out of respect. But if it's not the right thing for me to do, I don't want to get on a 45 minute call and have missed the boat with this beautiful thing I was planning on doing with my time, right? So the answer isn't in logic, right? The truth is in our intuition. So developing that sort of channel of knowing, I'm telling you right now, it never stays you wrong. It doesn't see you, that's the thing. It doesn't see you wrong. It's like go gambling and you always win. <laughs> How are you? Let's do it. Like, let's go. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I love that. Thank you. That was so much good nuggets. Okay, Meg, how can people reach out to you, follow you on social media and get in touch? Love it. So I'm pretty easy to find. My website is amahuman, A-M-M-A human.com. And my name is just Megan Marini. I'm on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the things. I'll put it in the blog. It's all good. (laughs) And then um, if anybody wants to join my free Facebook group, I'm going to start doing weekly free talks on Thursday. It's just like a free talk on some of these techniques. I'll do a different technique each week. And that is Awakened Badass Humans. I love it. Megan is amazing to anybody listening. Like you need to reach out to her. She is amazing. I could not say better things about you. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Jackie. It's such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene. And stay tuned for who's next on Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on Scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next on Scene.